0: Hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate inspire empower and educate people on these interesting topics my background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology after completing both my ba in psychology and my mba in healthcare administration my passion for mental health only continued to grow as a result of this i launched master your mental to bring more awareness tips and conversations to the table about these topics You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at Master Your Mental. Now, let's get into the episode, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of season two of the podcast, Master Your Mental. You guys, I'm so excited to get into this interview today. It was such, such a great one. But before we go ahead and get into it, I just want to tell you a little bit about what this conversation is going to be about today so as you guys can see from the title we are going to be getting into conquering trauma and crushing life and i have a very special guest with me today not going to introduce you guys to her yet because she's about to come on here and let you know who she is, what she does, and what she's all about. Her story is so incredible. We talked for a very long time uh, before recording this episode. We were just chatting away, talking about you know different things in terms of our stories, our life, and different things we've faced, gone through, whatever the case may be. But she is so cool, and she shares with me... You know, a lot of things in this episode, we get into what it was like to overcome different traumas. So, specifically, we're talking about traumas related to sexual abuse, drugs, and talking about that kind of how that has impacted the life of my guest in the past and what that has looked like for her at the time of when these things took place. But I love this conversation because we have so many things in common, especially the biggest one being, you know, both going through sexual trauma at a very young age. So, 14 15 years old and experiencing that and kind of getting into this conversation of what was that like how did that impact the life of my guest and she does it in such a way that really captures so many details in this you guys and it's it's such an incredible conversation because she you'll see like when we get into this like just her energy and passion that she has she's also super cool because she has her own podcast As well, it is called Layman's Terms. I will be linking it in the show notes for you guys. I was a guest on the podcast, but I'm not sure when it's coming out because we just recorded it um, a few days ago here earlier this week. But she is just a super cool chick. And she just, she, she's gone through a lot of stuff, you guys, a lot of stuff. And that's what I really love is everybody that I talk to on this podcast has such an incredible story and everyone's gone through a lot of different things. They've had a lot of different ups, downs, traumas, losses, um, high moments, low moments. And they're not afraid of sharing that with me here on this podcast. So I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation just as much as I enjoyed getting into it today with my incredible guest who I'm going to be introducing to you guys right now. So let's get into it. Hello guys and welcome to the very first episode of The Master Your Mental Podcast. I am super excited about this today because I have such an awesome guest for you guys. And I'm going to tell tell you a little bit about her before I let her get into her story, but her name is Emily, and she is the host of the Layman's Terms podcast, super, super cool podcast, super cool name. She's also a mental health advocate and sobriety coach and a medical cannabis educator. And she's also doing pretty similar work to me on trying to annihilate that stigma associated with uh, mental health, mental illness, all these things. So I am super excited that she is here with us today. So welcome, Emily, to the podcast. Hi, Paris. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be one of your first episodes. Yes, I'm so excited too. Like you guys don't know how excited I am. Like we connected on Instagram and I just got done uh, recording for her podcast. So I'm going to be on her podcast as well. So I'll probably link that in the notes for you guys. But I'm excited to get into this episode because we were just chatting just now and she told me a little bit about her story and she has quite the story, you guys. Very like inspiring, like in terms of the different things that she has faced and dealt with and like had to overcome. So I'm just going to go ahead and like ask you like the first question here. So t- kind of just tell us a little bit more about you. Like, what's your background? Like, what do you love to do? Like, let, Tell us a little bit more about you, girl.
1: Yes, I would love to. I am 28. I am currently living in Los Angeles, but I am from the Midwest at heart. I'm an Ohio girl. Um, I love to travel. I love to ski. I love my dog Remington. He is my pandemic baby. I just literally a year ago yesterday was my 1-year anniversary with oh, him. I love that. So, yeah, I love to eat pasta, foods, you know all the good stuff.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm happy that you love pasta. Cause I'm like really into pasta, but that is not the focus of the episode today, guys. We're not getting into pasta, but I want to get into something here. So tell us a little bit about for you, like, cause I know she shared a little bit of her story here, like quick little rundown, but talk to me about like something happened to you when you were 14 in the eighth grade. So kind of like, let's get into that story. Cause this is, this is just like, So interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. So when I was 14, um, I dealt with a lot of bullying, like with girls at my school. So I was going through just like a really hard time. I was also like super insecure. I was dealing with depression. I was also dealing with anxiety, which I didn't know at the time was anxiety. Like I didn't know that existed. I just knew, I was feeling not right. Um, so basically, long story short, a few of my guy friends, like one of them had gotten like a tooth surgery or something, and like we're in art class and they're talking, like, oh, like over the weekend, like we have this Vicodin, Like, if anyone wants to do some, like blah blah, we're like gonna do it at the football game or at least you know, like Friday night football games at your school. Yeah. Whatever. Friday night comes and I'm like at this football game and I was with some of my girlfriends, but I think they all like left for a sleepover or something. So I was kind of by myself or something. And like, here comes like one of the guys walking down. He's like, Hey, Emily, do you want to come with us? And I'm like, Oh, sure. Whatever. Like, why not go up to like the upper soccer field? And they have like these Vicodins and they're like, you know, like kind of like crushing them down. And I'm like, they're like, Oh, do you want to like snort one? And I'm like, I don't even like know how to do this but I'm like sure like whatever and it was like just like the most minuscule like amount it did like absolutely nothing to me like forgot about it I went along like with my evening weekend whatever Monday comes I'm sitting in health class ironically and like over the loudspeaker it's like can Emily Lehman and so and so and so and so -so, like come to the office and I'm like oh
0: shit Oh my God. So
1: basically, um, like someone had called like our school hotline and like tattletaled on us or like whatever. Oh my, um,
0: oh my God. Um,
1: and so basically we all got in trouble. Um, I was expelled from the eighth grade. Well, it was considered expulsion because it was a suspension longer than four weeks.
0: Oh wow. uh, Um,
1: it was, I live in I grew up in a pretty small community. So like this was in the Cincinnati Inquirer. It was on the news. My parents still have newspaper clippings from like everything. It was like kind of a big deal. Wow. Um, (laughs) So that happened. um, And that was kind of like my first like run in with drugs. I'd never experimented with drugs before. Um, Growing up, my dad's sister uh, was a drug addict. Her drug of choice was heroin. So I grew up being, you know, pretty familiar with drugs, what can happen, the dangers. My dad always made it like very apparent and told us like, be careful. And like, you know, all the parently things that you know, you're supposed to do for your kids. Um, and I remember he has this chair in his office. It's like this big zebra chair. And it's like always the chair I would sit in when I would get in trouble. And I remember like having to go sit in that chair (laughs) after the school thing. And like, my parents were just looking at me and I remembered they're just like, the look on their face was just like, so I don't even know, like, just like disappointed and kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is going on? Um, So I think that stemmed from You know, I didn't have like the greatest relationship with my mom growing up. Uh, I was, I had a nanny that raised my siblings and I and spent a lot of time with us. So she pitted me like against my mom a lot. And so I think that kind of instigated some things. And, you know, my nanny would pick me up from school all the time, whereas like other students' moms are coming. So I think that just kind of, made me have some kind of resentments towards her and things like that so i was like angry i was being bullied at school like a lot um i just like really wasn't happy so mm-hmm. i think all of that kind of led up to this like big situation of like okay like something is wrong um so when i got in wow. trouble i was mandated by the state like to like see therapy and like do these drug tests and like you know like whatever but That was my first time trying therapy, and I remember the therapist that I saw, the first one, I would go to her and I hated it. I would go, I would like untie my shoelaces, I'd restring them, and I just, I wouldn't even speak to her. I would just go sit there and be like wasting my parents' money and like not talking, yeah, And then finally I started like opening up and I'm like, okay, like, this is like pretty great. And I ended up seeing that therapist throughout like my drug addiction, my, all my other situations through like my late teens and twenties. And so now that I live in California, obviously I don't see her anymore and I wish that I could, but she was great. Um,
0: and wow. If- so tell me, cause I know like your experience with therapy, like, I know you mentioned like when you first went, like that's because like I, I can relate to that as well like we were talking about therapy and like when you first go like not wanting to talk or like open up and just kind of like using it it's basically wasting time essentially so like what was the most helpful like piece of advice or something that like you guys um talked about that really like clicked for you and like kind of put you in a position where you're like okay i can open up about this and like i can start having these conversations was there like any moment like that or Was it kind of like a gradual buildup to like feeling comfortable with it, or like what was your experience with that?
1: It was definitely a gradual buildup and just kind of getting more comfortable with her in a sense. And also, I'm you know, like when we were talking on my show, I'm like a pretty shy, like introverted person. I it's really hard for me to open up, and especially with some of the things I was dealing with um like shame and, and being in, embarrassed um but I think finally realizing and because you know I was 14 at this time so I'm like very hard-headed it's like you know realizing that she was like on my side and that she wanted to help me and that she could be that sounding board I think I went into it with just like really n- negative like, Uh, like I just have to talk to this person like whatever but at the end of the day she was great and I really value the relationship that I had with her I feel like an asshole for like how I acted you know like in the beginning but years and years ago but it it was great Um, and it definitely helped you know, some, my parents would come to some of our sessions. Um, And that I think also really helped that situation, you know, between me and my mom to help.
0: Yeah. Because some I, of those. I remember like talking to you about this uh before we were recording kind of just like the relationship, like growing up. So like with your dad, you told me kind of like, you guys were always close, like always have had a like really close relationship. And then you said your nanny, her name was Peggy raised you from, you know, like basically a baby all the way up to like 15. And then you kind of were mentioning like with your mom, like you guys just weren't that close, like didn't have, you know, the best relationship. And I kind of relate a lot on that sense as well. Cause I know like we were talking on your show kind of like a little bit, like how me and my mom also weren't that close. So what really helped you like with it, like when you were going to the appointments at therapy, like open up about like, what kinds of things were you, um, I guess like holding back or like like that you felt like, you wanted to share, but, like, you kind of were, like, I don't know, like, if I'm, like, gonna, like, be comfortable sharing this or, like, what what kind of stuff has, like, she helped you work through, like, in the years that you guys were working together? Because you said, like, she's been, like, your therapist from, like, really young age all the way through, like, college. So that's a, that's a really long, uh, relationship. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was honestly like sad, like when I moved, cause it's like, oh, uh, cause it's hard when you get a therapist that one, you connect with two, who like knows your whole story and to have to do that all over again, it, it's a little taxing. Um, but no, she really helped me work through like my anxiety, my depression, um, She also helped me work through, and she helped me work through this literally before I moved to California. So like two years ago, this is something that I am still working through and processing. When I was kicked out of school or whatever in the eighth grade, I played tennis for my school and my tennis coach had a son and I was looking for a tutor to keep me like all caught up in school. So I didn't fall behind. Although I was suspended, expelled or whatever, like I was still having to do assignments. I was still having to turn in the work over that time. Of course I get mono and I got so, so sick, like karma. so sick, Wow. Literally barely walk. My dad is like carrying me to doctor's appointments. Sick, sick. So I needed to get a tutor, um, just to kind of help keep me on track. I did not want to like fail the eighth grade, um, so I ended up having my tennis coach's son, like be my tutor or whatever. And long story short, that relationship was completely inappropriate. He had just gotten out of college. I was like 14. So and he was, was
0: 23, a, right? Must have been Wasn't around
1: he... 23 or 20. and yeah,
0: 14. Old,
1: yeah. However old you are, when you like get out of college, you're like in your late, like middle twenties ish, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And he it's a was a really weird situation because deep down, I knew like, this is wrong. This is not right, but I was like in such a low place. I was so depressed. I had like no friends, and it's like, here's this person or like man who's like wanting to help me and who's there for me and who's like doing like all doing my schoolwork for me and like doing this and helping me here. And like, all of these things. I'm like, that's so inappropriate. And I actually was watching, uh, like, I don't know if it was like a show on HBO or whatever. It was about like Michael Jackson and those, the situation with the boys and that whole thing. And I was really watching that. And I really like, I like paused the, the show and I was like, okay, like, this happened to me like this is like what I felt I'm like okay like and for a long time it was like I didn't know how to process it or I was just like oh you know it's not a big deal like whatever I'll handle it on my own whatever like you know at a young age at when I was 14 my parents did you know ask and inquire about it I had lied to them like I just got expelled from school I didn't need like another scandal Mm -hmm. or like whatever like in my small town and that's like you, my parents are also the adults. It's not like my place really to like, I can't do like, I'm 14 years old. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so him in that situation, you know, he followed me through high school, through college, uh, through, you know, for a while, um, that situation has always been like lingering in the background. Um, and it took me a long time to really accept that it was wrong and that you know i didn't do anything wrong he's in the wrong he should know better um and i feel like i do a lot of comparing like oh it wasn't as like he didn't rape me or oh he didn't like abuse like So I feel like sometimes people try to compare their traumas to others and like, Mm -hmm. you just can't do that. And that's what I've really had to learn. Um, So I've been learning a lot about that um, lately and through my therapist at home before I moved, I was like, this is something I really want to discuss and kind of like get to the bottom of. So she really helped me understand that, you know, that situation was not right, was not normal. And that there's nothing that I did that was wrong. Um, And yeah, so therapy is good.
0: (laughs) Therapy is. And I I love how you bring up that point, like towards the end of comparing traumas, like when, when, when you're dealing with something or going through something, you kind of, cause I, that's kind of what I did too. Like when I was younger, um, like at 15 was raped. Right. So, and for me, I would compare it to other people and be like, okay, well, you know, at least, you know, it wasn't like this or, you know, it could have been worse or, and I would make up these scenarios kind of like almost in my head, like you were talking about to kind of like, I guess, like try to in like a weird way, cope with it or like try to like move forward because, you know, I feel like, especially when things happen like that, that to, to us, like at such a young age. And like you were saying, like trying to tell your parents about that and like knowing, like, feeling like they're the adult. And I'm just like this kid. And, you know, I just got expelled from school. Like I, you know, like it was literally in all the papers for like doing this with drugs. And now like this is happening. So it is, it is a scary situation to kind of feel like so young and then feel like you're almost trapped by it. And like, you can't really, um, I guess like, like talk about it with anybody because you feel like, you know, like how do you even start? yeah I mean no that was
1: like a total secret like none of my friends knew about him like none of his friends knew about me and I remember one time he was out somewhere and someone like had kind of gotten wind of it or something and like and I and like they were like this is so inappropriate like blah blah and it wasn't to me but I had just heard so I'm like okay like maybe he'll stop like maybe like whatever cuz like where were the community i grew up in it is so small it is so petty it is so fucking gossipy it's just like and like so had that had gotten out about him like that would have totally like obviously ruined his life and like my dad would have most likely put him in jail yeah. so it's like am i going to do i one want to be responsible for that at 14 but now as a 28 year old i am thinking okay, well, what if he's, has he done this to anyone else? Does he, is he doing this to anyone else? Like right now, or has he, could I have stopped that? It's like just things that you think about, but like are out of your control. And, you know, when I was like 17, you know, I remember a few times throughout this relationship with him, I would like be like, this is wrong. Like, this is inappropriate, but like, I would always like, crawl like back to that safety like that security and i remember i sent his wife like a message telling her married oh yes he got married during all of this debacle Mm -hmm. so i remember sending his wife at the time a message on facebook or whatever being like Cause it was just, kill. I'm like, I can't like, this is so much. Like you, this is wrong. Like you have to like, whatever. And I'm pretty sure he like, I mean, she never got back to me, never said anything. I'm sure he like deleted it or like found it, but it's just like, so that does weigh on me sometimes, you know, like had I had been honest and told my parents the truth, who knows what could have happened? Is he doing, like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's something that does kind of keep me awake. It's like, you feel like I kind of had a responsibility to, I don't know, you know, Yeah, no,
0: I totally get what you mean. Cause I feel like at the time, like, cause that's a, that's pretty similar to how I felt, you know, like with my thing that I was going through with not like, do I tell people? And I remember you know, like a big fear of mine is like, if I tell someone this, like, they're going to judge me. And that's exactly what happened, you know, opening up and telling my mom and then being called, Oh, you're a slut. And like, you're a whore. And like all these, and I was just like, and it was so bad. Like, I was like, it took so much to open up about that. So like, what was your experience? Like, like in terms of like opening up about that to your parents, like when, like, when, what was the moment? Like when you like told them about that and like, how did they respond or, um, like, how did they take, like, take it?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I told my parents about him probably four or five years ago now. And I remember I just like called my dad and like, I wasn't, I was not living at home with them at the time. I was like, I need to come over and like, I want to talk to you. And I talked to my dad about it first, just him and I Um, and like my mom ended up coming home from work and we had like kind of a family discussion. And I remember my parents just kind of looking at each other and being like, I told you so. Like they knew it, like Uh they knew it, um, but they I don't think understood like the extent of it or like how long it was going on for or like, you know, like I, like for instance, like growing up when I was like 14, I did have a cell phone. Um, and in the evenings, my parents would make me put it in the pantry because <laughs> I would like stay up on it all night or whatever. So I, they would leave it in the pantry and I'd like get it in the morning. Well, the the tu- my tutor, he would text me like throughout the night and my parent, like, my mom or my dad, like, whatever, like, opened my phone and, like, saw, like, okay, like, why is he texting you, like, blah, blah, blah. so they, like, asked me about it, and I was like, oh, no, like, it's, like, it's nothing serious, like, you know, whatever, so they definitely had, like, their suspicions, um, but I mean, if I'm not telling them the truth, I, I don't know how much more also they do about it, so I think, um, it was just kind of like for me to like get it off my chest um but I do think you know like my parents did have their suspicions and I think that I've just like kind of confirmed those for them and my mom was just like, ooh what a fucking creep or like, you know whatever yeah. and it is what it is and then th- that was it and I just kind of got swept under the not wow. swept under wow. the rug but to say yeah. and then you know life keeps going so. yeah,
0: wow because I feel like that's something that, like I like to talk, like would like to get into more with you, kind of like just like the perception of because you mentioned like your parents like had the suspicion because that that is you know to be fourteen and like my parents would do that too, like take my phone and like hide, like put it away and like I couldn't get respond to anything, and you know like the fact that they saw that and they're like oh like what's going on about it and then you like not wanting because I feel like 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 you mentioned before like having that responsibility of being like if I do say something like is like, you know, like you're, you saying your dad will put him in jail and like, this is going to happen. And like, you feeling guilty about that. Cause I feel like that's something that I felt too, is like this like whole like shame factor of like, if I do say what happened to me, like, then like, what's going to happen? Like first of all, like, are people going to like, believe you? Cause I know like, that was a big thing for me, like being told like, oh, like that's not, that didn't happen. You know, like, you're just like, you just think it did. And it's like, and that's really scary too, because I know like, obviously like everyone deals with it differently, like in terms of like talking about sexual abuse, like not everyone, like, I mean, there's, there's certain people who are comfortable and they're like able to do that, but I feel like, you know, like kind of like both of us, like not like taking years to really be in a place where you can even like talk about it because of having like these feelings of first of all, like shame and then also like guilt. And like, you mentioned like the fact that he like got married through all of this and like had a wife and then it's like got married him, twice oh my gosh oh my gosh and then you mess so you tried to message her but then it's like also like not knowing like did she get the message like did he just like delete it like does like and that's scary too to know like even if you're trying to like ask for help or like you know talk about this in a way or like do something it do something about it you still kind of feel like you're trapped almost in a way like is anything ever going to happen like is this ever going to end like is he like do, like does he think it's wrong does he know that like this is not right like definitely
1: that's- does not think it's wrong I think he you know, he's always just made it seem like I, but it's like typical, like the, I care so much about you. Oh my God, like you're so great, like you know, like all these things, and it's like, like the grooming
0: stuff, and like
1: yeah, like I can't wait until you're eighteen. Blah blah oh my blah, blah, God. blah just like all of these things, and I'm like, you know, and I remember, I came home from school one day my parents were out of town he was like watching our house for some reason I don't know and I went home from school and like we were I was sitting in like a chair and he was like laying on the couch and he kept like throwing pillows at me and was like come lay on the couch with me like come lay on the couch with me and I was like no no I'm gonna like just stay like in my chair and I did Mm -hmm. and so it was just like really hard like trying to not like knowing that like okay. Like this is fucking wrong. Like Mm -hmm. this is not right. And then like having like a random man, like in my parents' home, like while they're not here, like just like very weird, like situations. And then a few years before I even moved to Los Angeles, I was at one of my favorite bars. It's called the Oak. And (laughs) I was like walking up to a table with all my friends and lo and behold guess who's sitting at the table no fix his hand out and introduces himself like oh hi I'm so and so nice to meet you to you
0: um, like he's never met to you me like, like he's, he's never-, never
1: met like he's <gasps> never met me before and I was with like all my friends and like some of his friends that were in his grade from the school that we all went to and he's like hi it's so nice to meet you blah blah and so I'm like Okay, and this is like really weird. So for the next like few days, like everyone was like hanging out. And one of my girlfriends was like, Wow, the way he looks at you, he must really like you. I'm like, Oh, honey, if you only fucking knew.
0: Yeah. So it was just like so weird,
1: like wow. so like so crazy.
0: That's that's just so wild to me. Like, just cause just like in terms of thinking about like the extent that some people will go to like keep that a secret or like like basically kind of like in a way like brainwash you into thinking like oh this isn't wrong like no like I care about you and you know that I'm always here for you and like saying these things because I feel like that's something I experienced as well too like with the guy when I was 15 you know getting these like these messages of like you know like oh like you know it wasn't bad you know I I didn't mean to hurt you or like you know that like kind of like trying (laughs) to like i guess like trick you in a way of like thinking like okay like gaslighting
1: us gaslighting into thinking like, that, yes. like your actions are okay and
0: they're not yeah and i feel like that's what makes it like i just feel like that's kind of what makes it really hard for 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 many other like girls and like young women to like talk about this because i feel like there's so much like stigma too around it and like fear and just like shame and then like guilt and like all of these emotions and feelings and then it's like like some people have really bad experiences. Like when they do open up, like they get like rejected or like, shamed or like pushed out or like, you're a liar. Like, this is like, what are you talking about? And like, I feel like it's like almost like this thing of like, there's two sides. Like, are you on my side? Or are you like, do you believe him? And then it's like really scary because like, especially like someone like that, you know, like who knows your family so well and is like literally allowed to just like come into your home and like watch the house so it's like obviously like you're you know like your family knows him it's not like he's just like a strange guy or whatever that's scary too because it's like when you finally are like okay like I, I know this is wrong like it's wrong but then you're you're feeling like brainwashed and you want to do something about it and then it's like when you finally say what's going on like that like it's like a fear of like are people gonna Do anything about like or uh, is anyone gonna like
1: yeah like does it does it matter or is it like are you just like making a big scene for nothing is it just gonna be like whatever and no and you make like a great point like he I remember Peggy my parents had like gone somewhere I don't know where they they must have been out of town again somewhere and for some reason Peggy like was not staying with us I don't know why she all normally always does like did when my parents would leave and I remember talking to her on the phone because we would always talk. And she was like, I think it's so weird that your parents are allowing him to like stay the weekend or stay the night at your house. She was like, I don't like that. She's like, make sure you like lock your door <laughs> like, you know, like blah, blah. And it's like, okay, like, why is it my mom, <laughs> like, yeah. why isn't my mom telling me this? Or like, wh- why did, and you know, I'm sure my parents thought at the time, like, oh, we have like this young kid and he's staying with them. The kids are having fun, like going to do stuff. Whereas like Peggy is like a 70 year old, like older woman who's like, you know, not taking us and like doing like fun things. So it's like, I can see like both sides. Um, but you know, it's just like, it's just interesting to like think on like both sides like okay what the hell were my parents thinking like and it's like you know they didn't do it in like a harmful or like a mean way or like any ill will they just didn't know any better (laughs) you know
0: yeah I mean that's that is so just the whole thing like hearing your whole story like I I don't know like it just really makes me think about this like a lot more and I feel like this kind of leads me into like you know, like the final question I want to ask you, like, so, so in terms of like all of this, like, you know, like overcoming like drug addiction, overcoming like the, the sexual abuse that's been going on for years and years, like what are you doing like right now on a daily basis to really just like master your mental and like take the best possible care of yourself and your mental health?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think with the pandemic, it's been a little challenging. Like, definitely in the beginning, I found myself kind of like falling into a rut where I'm like, okay, I'm not motivated. I'm not wanting to do anything. I just like want to lay here and be a sack. <laughs> um, now, I, you know, I love to journal hot yoga. I have a dog, so I get outside and I walk like at least four or five times a day for me those things really help me. I also love to read. Um so finding time whether it's like a self-help book or an autobiography or like a crazy twisted psycho thriller. Um yes. I really have to like set boundaries, I guess also. Um I Like for the drug addiction situation, I really had to cut out certain people in my life and really set firm boundaries and keep those, which was really hard to learn to do. It took me, it took me a while, Um, but setting boundaries and honestly, just like making a list Like every day of like three to five things that I know that I need to accomplish or get done, whether it be for like a mental standpoint or like whether it's like putting my laundry away or running to the grocery. um, I find that doing those things and being able to kind of have an organized routine helps me the most because if not, I feel like my brain is just like everywhere and I'm scattered and it's just, it's too much.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Like when you talk about like setting boundaries and like making the list and just like doing these little things, you know, that really add up over time and make a big impact. But that's awesome. Like, I'm just, I'm so glad that we had, you know, today to like have this conversation, like on my podcast and then I got to come on your podcast. So tell everybody like, where can they find you? Like, where can they follow you? Where are all the places?
1: Yeah. My podcast in layman's terms is streaming on all major platforms. You can find me on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever else. Um, my Instagram is just layman's underscore terms. I'm sure Paris will put everything in the notes for you guys. Um, I have a website as well. It's called, uh, in (laughs) layman's (laughs) terms.com. And then layman's Layman's terms. I love it. Yeah. And then I have, um, you know, I have a Facebook community. It's pretty small, but it's for sober curious and like-minded people who just kind of want to get together and talk or share books or bullshit, do whatever. I love
0: it. Oh my gosh. You're so cool. I'm definitely putting all the stuff in the show notes, but I just want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank all you guys for checking out the first episode of the second season on master your mental. Emily was amazing. And I'm so excited to put this one out into the world. And on that note, I'm going to end it on this one and wish you guys a good day and uh, say goodbye to Emily. So bye, Emily. Thanks for coming on. Bye Paris. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram at Master Your Mental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.